0: Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. It tightened up the relevance so you really couldn't just go in and create a campaign for filled up with competitor brand names. Now you actually had to adjust it. Your attention, please, please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Man- 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 Manny Coates.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and this is the show where we discuss how to generate recurring revenue streams, 24 hours per day, during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show, AM PM Podcast. As a matter of fact, I was just going through my seller feedback, and I noticed that I had a couple three-star feedback reviews, or seller feedback, and I was like, what this will not do? took me about 30 seconds to get those suckers removed and while I was removing them I was making money how cool is that pretty cool I think so guys today it is my pleasure to have an interview with Brian Johnson he runs the Amazon pay-per-click troubleshooting group on Facebook and the guy is just a wealth of information so it's my pleasure to introduce brian johnson brian how are you doing today
0: i'm doing fantastic thanks for having me here
1: so brian what would be the weirdest thing i would find in your refrigerator right now
0: um probably the, oh okay i can tell you actually <laughs> there's this new it's actually a, a tub of hummus uh that is um god what do you what do you call that it's the um it's like pesto hummus.
1: Pesto. I think I've had that before. Have you?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's. I. We just. We found it at Costco. and We're like going. What the heck is that? Is that the so, one? With the little
1: red, red roundy thing on top of it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, um, for as far as the Amazon side of things, um, I started out probably about three years ago. Got pulled in. I was doing um, like eBay uh, for about six years prior to Amazon, and a buddy of mine pulled me in during the during ASM two. And so that's when I started getting into, into Amazon sourcing my own products, uh, having those displayed at uh, ASM conferences, <laughs> introducing a bunch of uh, new competitors, and um, just you know restarting a, a few times as far as initial products. And uh, finally got my head around it, and enough um, where I was starting to um, have a little bit of a, a little bit of success, and started getting into more consulting, mainly because I had. Uh, friends and associates that were referring people to me who needed my assistance with setting up and managing their product lines on Amazon. And so I did that. I kind of, it was kind of, I don't know if it was necessarily a distraction, but it was certainly um, something that I did. And I pursued directly for probably about a year and a half of just managing other people's accounts. And I was managing multiple accounts, um, working in the agency role, but I was doing the full everything, FBA, advertising, you know, quality control, all that kind of stuff with um, a, a brand's products on the Amazon channel. And it was about, probably about this time last year that I switched over and said, okay, you know what, I'm gonna focus exclusively on the advertising side of it, on sponsored products and haven't looked back. I mean I just kind of geeked out and I'm, I'm a very I've got an analytical mind and so I, I kind of jumped in and was really um, getting into the numbers trying to figure out exactly how they work and I was able to apply what I had figured out and what I had learned to the clients and just continue to roll that into more and more knowledge and success and, and connecting with other people um, that I could surround myself that were also smart in the same area.
1: So you're doing not only are you doing client work, but you're also still running your FBA business full time. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as like FBA work goes, uh, as far as my own FBA product, um, I'm actually in supplementation, um, which is a highly competitive niche, uh, yeah. as most people already know. Um, and so, you know, that one that one has its own set of challenges, of course. But as any any of the ultra competitive niches have on Amazon, I no longer do the end to end account management, um, on Amazon. Actually, I don't even do the, uh, the, the pay-per-click management on Amazon either. Um, I actually have worked with some associates, um, that, that handle that side of thing. Most of what I've specialized in is, um, the troubleshooting and experimentation and just testing like crazy to figure out what's working, what's not. And so um, I spend a lot of times in spreadsheets. Um, And then I also do, as far as the troubleshooting, I do a lot of um, like consulting calls for sellers who have reached out to me and asked for my assistance. And I've been doing that for uh, probably a full year now. And that. You know, I'm pretty much booked every single day on that one. So I can't I can't even, I lost count long time ago how many different uh, you know, search term reports and campaign perform, performance reports I've gone through.
1: Right, right. And yeah, you know, if there's anybody that knows their stuff when it comes to pay-per-click though, it's you. And, and that's how I actually uh, came to know you is I was looking for some information and you've got what I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have the definitive place, I guess, on Facebook to actually get pay-per-click information you have a group there right
0: yeah you know i mean that was something that was kind of funny is that i I was just kind of starting out and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of groups out there um established yet yet that had grown to any to any huge size yet um and so i just kind of said you know i'm going to specialize in this so i'm going to go ahead and just create this group so i can just start having a discussion with people who you know throw out questions or want to contribute you know ideas and such um, and I'd actually—that was probably my fourth group. I'd actually started out with some other ones having to do with Amazon reviews and, you know, FBA. Um, actually, I started out with an FBA troubleshooting and methods, and it was the the PPC one that just seemed to just take off I think we're coming up on about 3900 members now in that group which is pretty cool it's, it's a little overwhelming at times but at the same time it's it's a very active community and, and I love it I love the interaction that that occurs on that group
1: yeah that's awesome and sure enough you know everybody because you are the you know "Quote unquote expert or guru" um, when it comes to pay per click, and I know you don't like to carry those titles, but when they, when people have questions, they're probably almost always tagging you in those uh, in those messages. So I imagine you just without get a slim. doubt,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, without a doubt, and, and sometimes you know, like um, I, I had, I was just talking to um, a client today, and they said, "Yeah, I was referred to you by one of our, you know, I was in a mastermind um, in the Bahamas, and um, somebody said to reach out to you." I'm like, when. Who the heck is that? <laughs> you know, I am mean, like, who's talking? Who actually knows who I am? You know, it's 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 one of those things where I, I still try to to stay a little bit low key, but at the same time, I I have um I'm a little uh, hyper as far as my customer service level. I guess I try to contribute whenever I can, and sometimes that can be both time consuming at the same time, very helpful to a lot of people. So I try to balance.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that once people get going, once they start selling on Amazon, or at least get their products online, I would say the number one question, or if it's not the number one question, it's one of the top questions, always relates to pay-per-click. It's awesome that you're on here. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, in 2016, this year, we've, we've had, what, I think three, is it three different major algorithm changes with pay-per-click?
0: Yeah, I'd say three major and probably three or four minor ones. Yeah, as early as um, uh, beginning of January was the first one.
1: Tell us about and, that. What, what did you see?
0: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, obviously, with for anybody who's worked with other platforms, with AdWords and Bing and, and such, uh, you know, they, they see algorithm updates and, you know, code changes and policy changes and everything that occur on a regular basis. And Amazon is really it's still in its infancy, but they're really trying to get up to speed to try to, you know, have their, introduce their own set of, um you know their own policies their own implementations in fact they're doing quite a bit of hiring out from other organizations including google um and uh, so i'm sure that they're probably you know adding to their think tank as far as how they execute on things like uh, algorithm changes and so what occurred in january mainly affected that one was, was primarily to reduce the effectiveness of targeting competitor brand names in your campaigns. It tightened up the relevance so you really couldn't just go in and create a campaign for filled up with competitor brand names. Now you actually had to adjust it so that not only did you have um, your competitor brand name along with whatever your target search terms as far as your keywords in that campaign, but in some cases, you actually needed to be able to put them into your backend search term fields, which technically is against terms of service. It's not something they police very well, but at the same time, they made it a lot more, they require a lot more relevance in matching um, what the shopper was looking for with what your product listing was presenting.
1: Hmm. Okay. So is that something that people can get in trouble for if they start using their competitors' brands in the search terms on the back end?
0: Yeah. I mean, technically that is true. Um, I would say at this point, it's more of a slap on the hand uh, type of concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I would stay away from including any kind of um, you know, brand names that have large legal teams that hmm. put pressure onto companies like Amazon to help them enforce their uh, their trademarks and their brands and such, you know, stay away from, you know, adding Disney or Botox or Nike or something like that two years. You know, some of those have become so generic. It's kind of like, a, you know, I forget now exactly the term, like Kleenex is so well known for facial tissue that People just refer to it as Kleenex, you know that type of thing. So some of those are simply just going to be, you know, smartphones are often referred to as iPhones or something like that. So some of those have just become so generic that it's kind of hard for for even Amazon to uh, police those and to run restrictions on those. But at the same time, you know, if you know that it's a it's a brand that's passionate about protecting their um, their brand like a Disney, <laughs> then uh, probably stay away from trying to stuff that in anywhere into your backend search term fields
1: yeah it's just not worth it no no (laughs) okay cool so that was the first major uh, change
0: right so that was the first major one the next major one was the beginning of february what i um, what i kind of jokingly refer to as the groundhog update (laughs) and um, that one that one let's put it this way they they rolled it out and as The the challenge with algorithms, with any company that rolls out any kind of algorithm, it's basically a a set of rules and restrictions that they apply. And sometimes you just don't know how much it's going to affect because there's so many uh, interdependencies between these different rules that it may roll out and affect one seller and then affect another seller completely differently. Mm -hmm. And so in in the case of what they did in the beginning of February, they rolled it out, and these are large enough rollouts roll that they typically, from what we saw, they're rolling it out um, every three or four days. And so initially, there was a group of people who said, "Hey, what's wrong? All my you know exact match campaigns have you know tanked, basically." And then. Everybody else is like, going, no, 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 it's just you, it's just you. And then sure enough, three days later, they're like, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm getting hit too. And, you know, and then you get that last third that's like, oh, man, it sucks to be you. You know, we're, we're totally fine. We're growing. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, as they, as they roll it into place. And what happened on that one is it, it was primarily, it's like they split up the algorithms to affect the individual match types differently exact match was absolutely hit right away. Um, there was some that were hit with um, their phrase matches dropped considerably um but then their broad matches, including their automatic campaigns, were totally fine
1: hmm.
0: okay. well, so fast forward um it was about gosh, I think it was about f- probably twelve twelve thirteen days after they initially rolled that out that they finally uh you know i I don't know if it was because we had the community screaming at them enough um, or if they figured it out on their own, but uh, they started rolling it back and we kept on putting pressure and they finally made an official announcement to say, Hey, you know, we're going to roll this back because it didn't, you know, basically it didn't roll out quite, quite the way we expected. Mm -hmm. And so then it started rolling back and they rolled it out in chunks, you know, for like every two or three days they'd roll back a piece. Um, and, And so things sort of settled down, but then all of a sudden people started having problems with their automatic campaigns, um, their broad match, um, manual campaigns and their automatic campaigns started having a lot of problems. They were starting to get very volatile. They were jumping around from one day to the next. Some days, you know, it would spike up and it's like, oh yeah, I had 30 sales today and the next day they'd have nothing, you know, so it was all over the place. And that again, occurred off and on to different groups across the next week or two. Okay. And so there's, there's some assumption that uh, there's a lot of sellers that tend to listen to what Amazon states officially and in newsletters. And they just take that as, okay, that's just the way it is. It's fixed. It's no longer, they're not no longer doing any, any changes, but Amazon's constantly making changes. We see small, small changes, you know, every single week. It's it's really the big ones that really impact a lot of people, and, and they start shouting. And, of course, I get a lot of feedback and a lot of examples I can look at. Um, and in some cases, those, those primarily those ones in the first two to three weeks of February primarily hit different types of match types. Toward the end of February, those started settling down quite a bit. Um, they still never recovered. Not everybody recovered back to the levels they were before February. But at the same time, it was kind of like a new playing field underneath some new algorithm that wasn't quite worked out yet, reverse engineered quite yet.
1: It's, <clears throat> it's crazy how uh, it seems like they're rolling out something major every single month then.
0: It seems like that, that's kind of their path in 2016. It really is because they launched right away at the beginning of um, January with that algorithm change. And most people actually didn't. You know, I suppose we can call that one a major, uh, a minor one because most people didn't um, didn't observe that, but somebody like me who, um, and I'm not putting me on, you know, any unique position, but I I guess I have the unique position of, I see a lot of, um, different campaign reports on a regular, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So I see patterns emerging quickly. I get a lot of feedback from my own clients, current and past, as well as I get you know, feedback from uh, a group of consultants that I work within the, the troubleshooting, the PPC troubleshooting group, as well as that entire Facebook group, too. You know, they're always shouting out, and like you said earlier, is that, you know, they'll, they'll pop my name in there. Probably for every single one of those that you see where there's a, there's a post in the group where it mentions my name, I'm also typically getting a message. So I've got, I've got, you know, 40, 50 messages that are still unread because I'm just trying to catch up.
1: You're getting just PM nonstop. It sounds like. I know. Right. Yeah. I don't
0: (laughs) don't have an auto out of office that I can. Well, I don't know. Maybe I need to look into that. You know, is there an out of office for uh, for Facebook messaging?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's tough because you want to help everybody. It's the same thing with me. You know, Um, ever since I started doing the podcast and now that we have our own group you know, I get a lot of PMs and I'm, I'm, I love to be able to help everybody, but really you can't, you can't run your own business and at the same time help everybody, you know, especially one-on-one. Right. One of the big changes for me that actually affected my, my revenue substantially was the 5k character back end update.
0: Correct. Yeah. They introduced, um, so on the, for, for those listeners who actually, who have you know done this long enough to know this is that um the thousand character in the um, search term field has been has been available for since at least last summer it just was only available through a, a back-end upload method um, so they finally rolled that out the beginning of march to actually introduce the five fields times a thousand characters for most categories and they they've rolled that out to most categories now initially it was just a few but they rolled it out. So, you know, like you, we jumped on that immediately to started testing that. And we've got, that kind of touches on some of the experimentation and some of the testing that we're doing now is that we've got a dozen different tests that we're running right now, just to see how they play out. And for, you know, each account or category or product niche that we try one thing on, it works well on one, doesn't work at all on, on something else. Yeah. So, you know, there's differences between categories, there's differences between um, other settings and triggers that we haven't identified everything on. One of those being like bullet points, still a very, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, controversial, I guess, uh, uh, topic as far as whether or not the um, the new 100 character cap on the bullet points or the featured keywords um, really is preventing... Amazon using, you know, a filled-out 5K backend search term. In some cases, we see where it works. In some cases, we see, you know, we see where it doesn't trigger it simply by conforming to that particular some other rule.
1: So let me ask you this, because I'm because I'm sure a lot of people are curious. When somebody has, let's say, 300, 400 characters in their in their bullet points, and suddenly that that change, something happens where their account is switched over and things don't work what can they test very quickly to know whether they're affected?
0: Well, I mean, as far as like if they're actually, if they've tried to put it, fill out the 5K, you know, basically the five search term fields.
1: Well, let me go back. Okay, so if, you're, if you've already filled out the 5,000 characters and right. you still have really long bullet points, at some point, have you seen it where suddenly the account will tank because the long bullet points are now affecting that, even though they haven't changed anything in a few weeks?
0: It's been suggested a couple of points, but I haven't actually seen any any specific data to really support that yet. So, um, you know, there, there's, some, there's some theories or ideas that I'll try to test and run with, but um, I try to hold back unless I actually have enough um, evidence to, to support it. But I would say that in most cases, from what I hear, is that either they add, they fill out the 5k, you know, the, the five, uh, search term fields and nothing occurs, you know, no change occurs whatsoever. Um, there's some that no change occurs, but then as soon as they reduce their, uh, the characters to a hundred characters on their bullet points, all of a sudden it kicks in and the traffic jumps up or their, even their organic jumps up. Um, in some cases they do both and it still doesn't do anything,
1: hmm. you know? Yeah. So
0: it's kind of like, you know, there, there's, there's, multiple moving parts, and we don't necessarily know which ones are triggering everything.
1: Yeah. That's There's no f-
0: one magic bullet ever.
1: Right, <laughs> that's the frustrating part too. It's like, ah, you know, it's, you got a friend that's doing it and he's crushing it, and you're like, why isn't yeah. it working for me?
0: Well, and now, you know, they got even categories that are rolling out the, you know, or are, are enforcing the 80 character restriction now too. And some people, you know, they've called in to seller support, and of course, you know, five reps later they'll get a consistent you know, they'll, they'll finally get an answer they can run with. And that is, um, you know, maybe they had to conform their 80 character, you know, their, their title into an 80 character limit. And then all of a sudden it kicked off. Mm -hmm. So was that the magic bullet? No, because there had to be other things that were in line first, probably for it to really make a change.
1: Yeah. Are they noticing that they have to reduce their their title length to let's say 80 characters or whatever the amount might be because they're getting a quality alert or do they actually, is their account actually getting flagged worse than that or is it when they're going in to try to make some changes like adding 5K and they try to save it and at that point it says, hey, you can't do that without changing your title.
0: Yeah, the latter. So basically is the, it's the, when they try to make it, the same thing with the title, with the bullet points, is that you try to make a change and it may save the change. In some cases we've seen it where they, it does save the change. Other times it throws back and says, hey, you can't do that until you conform." I think it's more of a case of in specific categories or different product lines, Amazon is rolling out, is applying different rules. And it's like they test it out, you know, it's kind of like they beta test it in two or three categories before they roll it out broad, you know, to, to everything. Okay which makes sense, but at the same time, it's frustrating on our side because we're trying to advise people how to fix it and they're not going, it's not working, you know? <laughs> it's- yeah.
1: So let me ask you this. Let's just, let's assume it's a, you have a client account and they've got the 5,000 characters on the back end and they wanna go in and change the title. But now when they go in to change the title, it's saying that their bullet points are too long and they've got to reduce them down to 100 characters. But the account is actually doing really well or that particular product is doing well. Would you suggest leaving it alone or would you say, okay, well, you know what, this the time is here, we it's time to look, uh, shorten those bullets?
0: Yeah, so, I mean... The fact that you brought in title, I'm very sensitive when it comes to any kind of title changes because title changes have such a heavy weight, both organically and with um, sponsored products, that um, it could it could make or break your sales. You, your your sales can tank if you make a change, or they could take off. You don't you don't know. Um, so it's one of those things that you, you kind of test. Uh, minor <laughs> changes, uh, but if you're already ha- if you're already doing well in your organic positions, if you got a lot of sales that are coming through as a result of being positioned highly for um, your keywords organically, I would probably limit the changes that you're doing until you have to.
1: Okay. All right. Until either
0: Amazon comes down and says, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pause your listing until you conform," um, but I wouldn't try to. Conform if your account is currently doing really well as far as sales. Mm-hmm. I also don't try to hurt organic sales as a result of, you know, to try to make a benefit with pay-per-click because on average, and we see, you know, like with our software, you know, we've got 1,400 users. We can see that the average comparison between organic sales and uh, advertising is only like 10, 20% of their overall sales. And so it, it's it's kind of foolish to make, a bunch of major changes to your pay-per-click in hopes that that's going to make or break your product when it may have a drastic negative impact on organic because it changes something else.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So in terms of title being so powerful, is title, are the keywords in the title, would you say, are they more powerful for ranking than your brand itself, like your brand name?
0: I think so, but obviously we've had some, I think you been part of those discussions as far as, um, you know, there's, there's some people who are testing to have, you know, if, if they conform to the format that Amazon wants, as far as having the brand name right at the front of the title, they seem to do better, mm-hmm. you know, or the observation is that everybody on, on page one has their brand name at the, at the front. So in those cases, it may be that you happen to be in a category that um, they're giving, an algorithm bonus to your particular category for hat for leading with the brand name
1: that's the put that's putting the brand name in the title i guess um what i the asking, very front at the in, very front in fact yeah yeah i like,
0: typically teach to put the the primary target a keyword at the front mm-hmm. and and put the brand name somewhere in the title but ultimately, I'm focused in on especially that first 115 characters of a title. Mm-hmm. That's my primary focus when it comes to what's what's in that 115 characters.
1: Now, let's just say that you don't use the brand in your title, the brand name, but you have, you know, you're, it, it says sold by and, and there's a brand there. All right. you, you can rank for that as well. Does that just that name itself, that brand up there, even though it's not in your title, does that rank, in your opinion, pretty well?
0: It should. I don't have enough you know, test data really to say one way or another on that one.
1: Okay. I've got questions that are popping up in my head that I know people are going to be asking. But let's say that you have 5,000 characters on the back end. You added, everything's unique. I I think you, correct me if I'm wrong, you uh, are an advocate of using only unique keywords on the search terms. Is that right? You eliminate all duplicates?
0: Yeah. In fact, I go one step further is that for those who... Um, like with my clients, for instance, I actually have um, my own back-end software that I use that actually goes through and picks out specific words based off of their value. That's something we're rolling out in the new software. But um, yeah, as long as you've got, you know, everything is unique words and everything is relevant to your product, that's probably the biggest importance. Okay, There's there's a number of strategies that are out there right now regarding that. But as long I would say, you know, unique and relevant.
1: Does it matter whether specific words are put into uh, search field number one versus search field number five? So a thousand characters in the first one versus the last one, should they be combined?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, um, technically no. Under the old rules of the broad match of the search term fields, where Amazon would take a word that's in the title Pair it with a word that's in a word or two that's in the backend search terms. Therefore, it makes a phrase that it matches up with what a shopper is searching for. That is the classic broad match, broad matching in in pay per click that Amazon does. Mm-hmm. We are starting to test um, as far as whether or not they're starting to shift that because my theory on that is that what what I predict on that is they're going to go more towards a, um, a phrase match from a broad match. So that's where it's going to be, where you have word order and um, individual words that are repeated because they're part of a phrase within your search term fields. So basically, you'd be loading up your search term fields with phrases, not just individual unique words. Hmm. We haven't seen necessarily where they've shifted over to that, but there's a reason that they shifted over to the five by 1,000. Okay. There's other theories out there as far as which part of the five by 1000 is most important versus what's actually being used and not used to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, ifs, right? In this whole scenario. So it is.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, you probably see me all the time. I'm, I'm always like, you know, you've got to test because your product, your category, your, your campaigns, your, you know, the keywords that you're using mm-hmm. are unique to you. Yeah. And you need to make sure you can't just rely on what somebody else is telling you to do. You know, we try our best to try to come up with, you know, solutions that are solid. And for some people that just doesn't work because they have a unique situation.
1: Yeah. How long would you say they should wait uh, once they make a change during the test? Is oh, right? they should know within a week. All right. So, I yeah. mean, don't, don't do it for like two days and then change it and say, ah, it didn't work right.
0: Yeah. Well, see, one of the things that I advise um, is that the... Um, you know, Amazon has, similar to other platforms like Google, for instance, Amazon has basically a refresh period of about four days. So if you make any kind of a major change, and I say major like title, bullets, back-inserts, term fields, image, those type of things. If you make a change like that, we've seen a number of instances. We've seen enough instances to to say that, you know, nothing happens 100% on, on Amazon, but it happens often enough that we see where Amazon will artificially bump up that um, the organic position of a listing for a few days and in other systems in other platforms we've seen they do that because they're basically testing to see whether or not your change helps the customer experience or hurts it so logically that does make sense whether or not that is actually what they're doing I don't know but um, if, if your change did make a positive impact, your, shale, your, your sales shot through the roof or your conversion rate or your click-through rate increased, then they may hold your position at that higher organic position. Uh, and it only may be one or two spots. you know. But generally, they're going to make a decision within four days as far as whether or not what you did helped or hurt the experience. Hmm. And if it didn't help, they're going to return you back to at least what you were previously, if not worse.
1: So let me give you a scenario here. <laughs> I'm going to put you, put you under the, uh, the scope here. So if somebody raises their price on their product and they, um, it just doesn't work out, they run it for a week, you know, they're trying to see what's going to happen. And they actually, their, their best term, their search phrase, that's their number one search phrase actually starts losing position. They were on number page number one. And let's say by the time they're done testing, they're on page number three. What do you recommend to have them get that organic ranking back?
0: Well, I mean, the first thing they can do is they can they can actually roll back to whatever changes they were before and see if that actually undoes you know undoes you know the damage you know reverses the damage. Um, so if it was I, only
1: I, if it was only the price change that caused that, that was the only change, and they bring the price back, could they drive it back up through uh, pay per click or any other strategies you'd recommend?
0: Well, I mean, you can always use, use pay-per-click or, or in order to, you know, go after a specific goal. Um, generally, as far as pay-per-click's impact on organic position rests on, on a couple of things. You know, one of them is as far as having a positive impact on your organic positioning is not simply like, oh, I just turned on pay-per-click and therefore now I'm on page one. It just you know, it doesn't work that easy. It's more of a case of I'm able to sell enough additional units each day that puts me above some of my competitors that I'm trying to get ahead of in addition to my organic sales. And so that can make up, if you make a price change and you drop down to page three, then it's a lot easier to go from page three to page two by throwing in some pay-per-click and driving through some sales that increases the number of units that gets you ahead of anybody who else who's on page three or page two. So you can recover some of that. But the second part of that is if it is actually you know relevant so most of us take a look at our organics and then we're either tracking or we're doing research and we're using things like research tools that allows us to see how many units on average are being sold by whoever's on page one or page two or whatever but the problem is that that's based off of a keyword and while we can control and we know how much how many units sold based off of certain keywords in our pay-per-click we don't know what sold for any particular uh, keyword on organic. And so we're kind of guessing as far as did, you know, my adding on, you know, 10 sales for this particular keyword actually help me or not.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. It's a test. Right. It's always a test. <laughs> it's always a test. <laughs> when does it stop, Brian? <laughs>
0: you know, for me, it doesn't, <laughs> you know, I, unfortunately, yeah. Cause uh, especially you know, like these during, during these algorithm changes that, you know, I got a lot of people who are like going, you know, you know, Brian. What the hell? <laughs> you know what? What what need? What do we need to do? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, how how often would you recommend somebody continually be testing on a on a single product? I mean, is there too much testing?
0: Well, you can do too much testing at once. Certainly, if you make too many changes, you don't know, and and, and something actually occurs, you don't know which change you made. You know, you also don't know if you made two changes if they both canceled each other out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because that happens too. So, I would say, you know. Test on a weekly basis um, if, if you can, if, if, you know, you're constantly going through and refining. There's enough to do even just within, you know, it, within pay-per-click as far as optimizing individual keywords that you may not have enough time to be doing certain testing. But you can certainly go through and say, I'm going to run a test of loading up my backend search terms with 5,000 characters, right? Just do that you know, and let it run for a week. Don't try to do that and cue and uh, bullet points and title changes and, you know, whatever. Because you, just, you simply won't know, A, which, which one actually did it. And it's, it's very common for people to come back and say, oh, you know what, I did this change and uh, the very next day my sales, uh, I did this change with my pay-per-click and uh, all my sales tanked the very next day. Well, first of all, there's a two-day delay in sales and so you don't really know what you know what impact it had on your in your pay-per-click sales. Um, and and two is just because you made a change doesn't mean the change was as a result of the test that you ran in or the change you made in pay-per-click. Right. So there's some some calculated ones and there's ones that you know we, we see enough that we know what the impact is gonna be. Doing things like negative matches. Um, or or playing around with different bids are not going to make a huge change as far as day to day sales. Now, if you do things like completely cut out, you know, pause campaigns, pause keywords um, that are relevant to your product, yeah, you can see an impact on those. If you completely take it out of play, then you could you can see a negative impact from stuff like that.
1: Okay. And I'm I'm gonna jump back a little bit. Earlier, we were talking about the search fields on the back end and you were talking about compound words and and how you're doing a bunch of tests. Would it be in people's best interest at this point, you think, to maybe start, you know, if if they're doing, let's say, um, bunny scratcher, instead of having having bunny scratcher, the word bunny on line one and scratcher on line two or three, put them together on the first uh, search field? Is that what you're recommending, putting all the compound words together?
0: Not yet. I mean, like I said, we're still pretty much in the experimental stage. And so we honestly, I mean, 90% of our experiments result in, in, you know, no benefit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but the fact that we run the experiments, we're trying to find that, you know, for that one gold nugget that we're trying to find. Mm -hmm. We haven't found that just yet. What we're seeing is that we're getting enough mix of people because especially even if we find something that works really well. For fifty percent of the sellers who implement it, the other fifty percent didn't get any benefit out of it, and that's actually a pretty good implementation. Is to have you know half the sellers. You know, I'd say it's probably even less than that, where it can benefit twenty five percent of the sellers, um, you know, and and the other seventy five percent just d- don't see any difference whatsoever. So while you can go through and run tests. Um, I would also try to focus in first on testing to see if some of the known solutions that have worked for a lot of people, not necessarily a majority, but a lot of people um, have been, been able to implement, such as simply just filling out the five rows of you know, the, the search terms uh-huh. or trying to get close to it. You know, Most people say, it's like, well, I can't come up with 5,000 characters worth of keywords. Hopefully, I didn't say five thousand words. No, I meant you, five thousand char- characters. Yeah, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> That's a common uh, misconception, but yeah, everybody it's does Five thousand characters, including spaces, mm-hmm. um, no, no punctuation, no commas, any of that kind of stuff. But although we're still testing that now too.
1: <laughs> well, should I, I, we're testing everything? What about uh, repeating stuff? I, I know you're in the back end. You say keep everything unique, but. Should you be taking keywords that are, are 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 in your title and your bullet points and descriptions and placing those again in the uh, keyword field since you have five thousand characters now?
0: Well, like I said, you know, try to focus in on one test at a time don't try to like, okay, I'm going to fill out the 5,000. I'm going to have the first row is going to be my, my top keywords and phrases in order repeating. The second row is going to be the same word repeating 500 times, you know, right? don't, and, you know, so you basically have a mix of tests in the same thing. Just do one thing, let it run for a week, observe whether or not it worked for you or not, and then move forward, you know, move forward after that.
1: Okay. Are you finding that Description keywords are now ranking uh, a lot more than they used to.
0: You know, some some people have reported throwing in, um, you know, a translated uh, search term into the bottom of their description, and it comes up on a search. Whether that impacts sales or not, I don't. I haven't seen any direct correlation between the two. But it's interesting that what used to be dismissed as Oh, Amazon no longer looks at description as far as organic or for pay-per-click or something like that. And then somebody comes along and says, oh, well, I threw this in here and it came up on my pay-per-click or it came up, you know, on my, you know, in an organic search. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) you know, it's, you figure every piece of content in a listing has a certain weight. And part of the rules that are set up in the algorithms is to figure out how they adjust those different weights and compare those together in order to decide uh, which seller, you know, which product listing or which ad comes, you know, one before the next.
1: Yeah. And it could probably, I'd imagine it could get even more complicated than that because if if I'm putting something in my description, for example, I'm a perfect candidate for this because descriptions did not rank for me very well in the past. It was kind of like hit or miss. Now, no matter which product I put it in, the description ranks. And I was thinking, and then there's other people say, well, I'm not ranking for descriptions. So I'm wondering if maybe there's a a deeper algorithm that takes like seller feedback and account uh, age, things like that maybe into history or into account?
0: Oh without a doubt. Well, so yeah, I mean so certainly on organic and and because I mean that's that's always been played into things like the buy box as an example. Now, the buy box, you know, it changes over time too. I I, send, I remember a time when we first started that I was able to identify um, probably at least a you know twelve to fifteen different factors that includes as um that were used as part of how the, the order that organic listings um, came up, as well as whether or not something got the buy box, and that ranged everything from uh, seller performance to uh, product location in relationship to the shopper. You know whether it was in an FBA warehouse in Tennessee and the shopper was in Oregon you know, compared to somebody else who was doing fulfillment by a merchant out of Seattle, you know, that could make a difference. You know, those kind of subtle changes. There's a lot less on that kind of emphasis since, you know, the FBA warehouses are all over the place now. But at the same time, those kind of subtle differences, you figure that Amazon is trying to create this experience where they have a, comparable if not better price point than other sales channels so they do monitor other sales channels they have they're concerned about getting delivery to customers quickly Um, they also want to make sure that um, their own pockets are protected (laughs) by some of the things like if you participate in fba you're going to get probably an unnoticeable you know, it's it's hard to measure as far as the advantage that you'd get by having using FBA, by using sponsored products, by using Bid Plus, by using Amazon Marketing Services, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, but if you take those away, we do we do often see uh, what I call a penalty. Amazon has told me that they don't like that term. <laughs> But at the same time, the the result is well. When we take this away, when we pause a campaign, when we you know any, any sellers you know when they run out of stock, when they you know, they shift from FBA to fulfillment by a merchant, when they stop using Bid Plus, all these things that are basically paying money into an Amazon service, you take those away, it's not an uncommon observation saying, like, wait a minute, how come I dropped from page one to page two? Yeah. You know, even though the direct units sold didn't change on a daily basis, my position, my visibility changed significantly.
1: Okay. Man, this is good stuff. If you've got some time, I'd love to talk about strategy. Like uh, you were mentioning conservative versus aggressive strategies. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Right. So most of what I teach as far as in the, the PPC group on Facebook is is fairly conservative because we get so many newer sellers that come in it's unfair to them to come in and say oh you need to do this and and basically you know spend $500 in the first you know the first week on your advertising in order to accomplish goal you know goal A mm-hmm. but on some cases and and I've gotten criticized for not you know not having that a conservative approach but I'm willing to take that um, not having a, an aggressive approach, I should say, being too conservative there. But I also need to, you know, weigh it. How much damage can be done if you have a, a community like that implementing something that could be potentially dangerous if they don't know what else to look for? You know, it's it's not their expertise. And so, but I will with clients and with some of the training that I'm working on, um, I definitely go more into the aggressive, um, not only the aggressive exper- uh, experiments, but also more aggressive as far as having multiple campaigns running right out of the gate. So one of the things that, that I'm a little bit passionate about is, especially with new product launches, is I always try to have... I, I recommend that people do the validation campaign, which the way I describe that is is prior to understanding which keywords that or which search terms that shoppers are using prior to getting any expectation of sales, which a lot of sellers naively think that they're going to just turn on pay-per-click and then all of a sudden they're going to s- sell a thousand units. But um, just going in and running the automatic campaign simply just to see, okay, What's the playing field? What's the, in, in my particular niche of product, A what are, what's the high, you know, what's the ceiling, what's the floor as far as the bid ranges so that I know, am I in a 50 cent to a dollar bid range market or am I in a, in a $3 to $7 a bid, you know, cost per click market? Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference. Yeah. You know, in some categories, you know, pets is is well known for having very high CPCs. Um. But the first thing I do is check to see, okay, what's the high and low as far as, you know, this particular niche of product and does Amazon even understand what I'm selling? And they're going to show that to me by how they're showing my ad impressions to potential shoppers. And I'm gonna be able to see that in the search term report by the terms that come in. And hopefully when I get that report back in a few days or a week, the search term report, I look at the customer search term column and hopefully what I'm seeing is a bunch of search terms that my ad is being shown for a lot that are directly relevant to my product.
1: And shouldn't, uh, I mean, the pay-per-click from an automatic campaign, is that heavily based on all the keywords that you put into your your, uh, your product though? I mean, the back end and, and everything else?
0: You know, that has, that, that has changed, I think, with, um, that used to be the case. It actually, it primarily was driven by the title and the backend search term, um, as well as the category that you're in, because you figure Amazon has a lot more data than what they're showing us, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're going to look at it and say, okay, you put your product into this specific subcategory, and we can tell by your title, and you know some of your other content that you're selling this kind of product. So based on that, here's the kind of um, here's some relevant ca- uh, relevant um, keywords and the relevant more importantly the relevant audience that has bought products like yours. And so we're going to show your ad if we think that you're going to actually get a click through from the same audience that we've seen work for other products that are similar, similar in, con- in metadata, similar in category
1: ah okay so if if somebody starts off initially and places their product in the wrong subcategory, they could be hosing themselves right off the bat then
0: yeah, that's a common that's a common check in fact, you know, as you well know is that Amazon will occasionally shift a product from one category to another. Mm-hmm. part of one of the things they've really cracked down on that um sometimes they do it you know, just on an automated fashion where the software goes through and says, oh, this product needs to be moved over to this other subcategory and it negatively hurts the, um, you know, the organic or the um, pay-per-click or both sales um, and traffic, especially um, of a specific product because it got moved over. And that's usually pretty easy to read. If you get moved, chances are you're going to see a drastic change either for the positive or the negative. And so sometimes it's not always intuitive as far I mean, obviously if it's, if it's on the negative side, then you know they probably moved you to the wrong one.
1: Yeah,
0: it's like, move me back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it usually takes a week before you to really figure out, okay, did I take a hit on both my organic and my pay-per-click or just one or the other?
1: If Amazon actually does move you and you do see a negative effect, Can have you seen it where you can request to get moved back and have that Oh, rectified?
0: yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. If you can make a case and say, look, I was doing well over here. You know, sometimes you'll get a rep that will fight back and say, no, 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 you're in the most relevant category. We moved you over here for a reason. Usually you can fight with them enough where you can just continue to call back in. <laughs> and um, in some cases we see where, I don't exactly know as far as when they implement a lockdown of certain fields or of an entire listing mm-hmm. from being able to make changes by the product owner. Uh, but we do see that sometimes where in, in some categories or some products or some sellers, they can't go in and make their own changes to their own their own certain fields like the um, item category.
1: Yeah, you have to use a flat file, right? To get into some of those really weird Super subcategories.
0: Yeah, in some cases, yeah, unless you can get them to move it over for you um, or move it back if, if something goes yeah, wrong.
1: That's what um, I've done, actually.
0: Primarily, yeah, they've locked that down with good reason. Mm-hmm. Y- you figure that in any kind of a platform like this that where there's a lot of money, there's going to be a lot of people trying to game the system. You know, there's a whole stories beyond as far as that goes. But <laughs> the
1: um, I want to hear some uh, of those stories at one point.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe that's a future conversation. Yeah. But um, the uh, you know, you figure they're, they're trying to defend the system against abuse. You know, we see that with the you know, they go on witch hunts um, for the people who abuse re- um, reviews in this case here, people who are using multiple categories for the sake of getting number one seller badge for their product, even though they're not even, you know, even their products not even relevant to that other category. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to lock things down more. Now they do have a history of two things. One is, you know, of course they grandfather old ones, so they can, they can Change your product, but then all of your other competitors on your same page on you know organic results, there none of them are conforming to it. So it's you know it's, it's their system. They're not gonna they're not trying to make it fair for you. They're just trying to you know they just happen to notice you, and therefore you got audited, and therefore you know it got changed. And they're definitely making that more automated, um, as far as the changes that they're making.
1: Okay. Interesting. There's a lot of a uh, lot of strategies that can be employed. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff too like you said, you know, um where people are in just really strange categories top sellers there and I'm like, "Hmm, that's very interesting."
0: So, yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen some you know, as an example on that as far as more recent stuff. I mean, Two years ago, you know, we used to hear a lot more of the stories, you know, of the, you know, the mafia groups and that kind of stuff, you know, the organized crime groups who are actively working on Amazon because that's where the money is. Uh, But that became more campfire stories after a while. More recently, what we do see and we can actually observe is contradictions to what we're told is completely against policy where a brand is running a sponsored ad and, you know, both in their title and they're also running sponsored ads. And they've got the same word repeated like seven or eight times. And they've been running it since, you know, for the last six months.
1: The, the, the word is, uh, is mentioned seven or eight times where now? In the title? In, in the title. Oh, really? You know,
0: they've got like like iPhone 5S, iPhone 5S, iPhone 5S, iPhone 5S. iPhone really? 5S. Yeah, <laughs> oh. literally. And, and they're right up there in the number one, two position in sponsored ads and they've been there for months. And so, know, when and-
1: you see something like that, let's just say mm-hmm. you see a, a product that's doing that, and it's, and it's actually hurting your business. I mean, is there anything you can actually do? Can you re- mm-hmm. can you report them? Does that do anything?
0: You can, you can report it. It may not do anything. And um, it what sucks about this, and we've seen this. I kind of got gun shy to that from uh, from Google um, with AdSense and, and some of these other you know um, other platforms and everything is. Um, Anytime you draw attention, you draw attention to yourself, too. Yeah. So they're simply saying, well, what's your motive? Well, Let's take a look at your listing. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, y- 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 so you just let it go.
1: Yeah, that actually happened to me on um, one thing. I, was, I, I did do, a, I made a complaint on um, one particular thing. It was so crazy. And then they, and right after that, I noticed that they f- didn't change anything on theirs, uh, but mine did. You know, they changed, they went in and changed some things in my, in my product listing and i was like whoa
0: yeah that weird. really sucks when they when they make a change to your title or your image
1: yeah yes. i know i've had
0: it where i've checked you know i've sent in you know i've had you know, premium photos and and all that kind of stuff and they've you can see where they've literally done an audit on the inventory in an fba warehouse and they took it upon themselves to take their own photos and replace them all
1: Oh no! Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, so like,
0: like okay. You got you, either you need to get a better photographer, <laughs> or you need to quit that. You know
1: that would be brutal. Oh, I've never seen that. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! So you probably well, I had
0: three variations too, and they put the same pro. They put the same photo. They swapped the photos, so it was on the wrong variation and stuff. You know, so people were buying it and saying, "Hey, I bought this one," and it's like, "No, that's that's the other product."
1: Oh jeez. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's you know they're they're hourly employees. You know they they've got a certain. Limit to what they're expected to to do as far as quality control.
1: Yeah. Um, any any final experiments that you want to talk about that you're running that that are being tested? I know we jumped around on some of that.
0: Well, pretty heavily. What I'm testing these days has to do with the search term field because there's enough variations in tests. Um, you know, we're running a half a dozen different. You know, a dozen half a dozen different dozen different tests on that just to see which um, which ones work because. You figure we, the way I look at it, you know, an individual seller can say, well, I'm in the health and personal care category and so I can run my tests and they can observe and they can make changes based off of that observation. On my side, um, you know, I've got clients in every single category available. And so we're, we, we can, you know, test it in one, but then we also have to repeat that test you know, 10, 20 times <laughs> yeah. just to see how it performs elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then a week later or a month later, Amazon changes something, <laughs> you know, and we start all over again. So it's, it's mostly my attention right now is primarily focused in on what needs to go into the back end search term fields and what are the triggers that are connected to the back end search term fields, such as title and bullet points, et cetera.
1: Okay. And then once you have those results, uh, how do people find out about them?
0: Um, internally,
1: (laughs) you know, I kind (laughs) of, is this stuff just for you and your clients at this point?
0: No, I mean, you know, some of the stuff, you know, obviously I need to make sure that I, that, that I do keep on, you know, reserve, but most of that has to do because it's category specific and it's not necessarily relevant to 90% of the audience. Now, certainly one of the things I need to do is, um, when I do find results, I'm not afraid of posting them out there and saying, here's what I'm seeing. And, you know, you've seen, you've been on you know a couple of those threads within the group where somebody you know you, you for just as many people who say yeah i've observed that another half will come back and say no you're full of it mm. and i'm okay with that you know because I, I need to know, i need to under, i need i understand that each category is going to have can have a different result first of all and i know that i'm testing across you know 15 20 different accounts and so i'm looking for what's occurring a majority of the time there's right. no hundred percent. Yeah. And so it, part of the, a part of the interaction of the community is, yeah, I might get there's, there's times where I do get corrected on things where somebody, you know, where I'll be proven wrong and I'm okay with that because if the community is going to benefit from that, then I'm willing to have egg on my face because I my you know, I look, you know, made a judgment too fast or I overlooked something. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with that.
1: Well, and there's always change, right? So what worked well, yeah, a well, month ago might not work well, now. So
0: I have a huge, opp- you know, I have plenty of opportunities in the future to either you know win or fail. You know, that's okay. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, what what actually failed before might be a winner again next month. So you never exactly. know. exactly well,
0: can- you know, that's yeah, that's actually true. An example on that actually has to do with where somebody, um, where somebody actually had conformed to in one category, they had conformed to both. They they filled out the five thousand character search term fields they conform to the hundred character um, bullet points and they didn't see any change at all and then a couple weeks later three people came up in the same category and said oh man my my sales skyrocketed you know so i go in and i start asking you know well what happened what did you you change well i didn't do anything um, recently the last thing i did was i made this change and this change and i started seeing patterns patterns is about as good as it's going to get you know in this in amazon yeah. And we just kind of, we can observe those and we can say, okay, th- this is a possibility. Um, it certainly is not as scientific and foolproof as, um, y- you know, proper, uh, you know, lab testing and double blind and all that kind of stuff. but. W- unfortunately we don't have that kind of time usually before amazon implements something different
1: yeah well and when you start multiplying all the various factors that are out there you know within your account you're talking about millions and millions of combinations
0: oh yeah the iterations just get out of control it gets nuts (laughs) and you could have two
1: accounts exactly the same same keyword same everything but one of them has a you know a seller feedback of 5.0 and the other one has a 2.5 and they're going to get different results because Amazon just feels, you know, hey, like you were saying earlier, uh, with when you're running FBA or something, they're going to give you a little more love, right? Yeah. So, so it just changes the whole thing. And you don't, when someone says, "Well, I'm doing this with my keywords and doing this with my title," well, you don't know all the other factors, so it's right. It's, just, it's really crazy.
0: I will bring up actually the the second big group of experiments that I'm actually been running. I haven't been running it mostly with the group. I've been kind of doing it internally, um, just. You know, myself, you know, I haven't really been working with the community on this one, but I should. And that has to do with um, there's been a lot of changes as far as Amazon bumping out, you know, first and second position um, ads recently where they're, sho- they're, they're shoving, you know, people who are used to have the first first or second inline ad at the top of the page. They're now getting shoved over to the right rail um, ads on the right hand side and that may be an emphasis as far as whether or not um, you know Amazon's putting more benefit to bid plus. We've seen clients where they've got you know two clients that have bid plus and they're both targeting the same product line and they don't get any impressions on one keyword, but then they get a ton of keyword, uh, on another keyword and vice versa with another client Mm -hmm. who's, who's targeting the same thing. So it looks like Amazon with bid plus as an example, Amazon has got only so many slots that they can guarantee first or second position on. And so they just need, you know, they kind of make a choice and say, you know what, this is the keyword that we're going to show for you. Well, but everything else we're not going to show you well for.
1: Okay. That's interesting. So bid plus isn't available to everybody at this point, is it?
0: I mean, it's available through um, North America. I'm not sure how much it's available internationally right now, but it may not be in every category is is kind of the norm. I know it's available in a lot of categories, but.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was looking at, it was one particular product the other day and I was like, I want to turn this on. I'm like, man, it's not here. I'm like, I guess they just haven't put it on this, that particular category.
0: Well, something I actually, I actually noticed something like that too, is that when I was in one manual campaign and I saw, okay, bid plus is there. And then I go to a different campaign within the same account. Same product, everything, just different campaign and it's not there. Weird. So, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. It's like we look at it and weird and then you got other people who look at it as I'm panicking because it's not there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it all depends on, you know, what impact that it had on you as an individual seller. We try to step back, like you and I, you know, we try to step back and say, okay, how does this affect a lot of, you know, a lot more? you know, people a lot more categories or, you know, because you've got an audience, obviously. Um, and, and that's a different perspective than an individual where they've got everything invested into their, their, into their product and they're in debt, 15, 20 grand on credit cards, trying to fund this whole, you know, trying to bankroll this whole thing. And their family's looking at them saying, you're going to make this work. And then all of a sudden Amazon jacks something up and they panic. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? They got everything writing on it. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy.
0: But part of that I was going to say is that, you know, really quick is that part of the ad positions being shown is I'm really trying to go in there and mine data to see correlations between say click-through rates, conversion rates, you know, relevance of individual keywords to the categories, cuz each category has its own finite list of what it considers to be relevant keywords. Mm-hmm. And so trying to mash all those up and seeing and trying to observe patterns, I haven't observed much as far as patterns. It's more, it's all theories at this point.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. There's just too much data to, to go over everything. Quickly <laughs> it is, yeah. So, well, Hey, that's going to keep you in business for a long time. Right. So <laughs> yeah.
0: Or make me go insane. You know, I lost all my hair. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. So perfect. So you know what we, this, uh, this has gone on now for over an hour. It's awesome information. I probably have about, I don't know, maybe 40 more questions. So we're going to have to save that for a different time. But Sounds good. I would, um, I'd love for for the listeners to, you know, be able to check you out. And, and if they have questions regarding a uh, pay-per-click or anything like that, how do they actually uh, reach out to you or get a hold of you?
0: Okay. Well, I mean, definitely the, um, as I mentioned before we started, is that we do have a PPC software out there. We're actually working on the second version of that that's going to launch in April. Um, and so I'll announce that. Um, we also have a, I'm working on a, on a large pay-per-click uh, training course as well. That's going to be launching, um, probably, I think probably late April, maybe, maybe beginning of May. We'll see how that goes. Um, just cause we've got trying to cover so much material as you, as you saw, you know, just from this conversation, there's a lot of directions we could go. Yeah. Um, but really the most, most people, can track me down and get a response from me or learn some of the things that I'm I'm teaching or simply just plug into a community who's very active. And that's on Facebook, that's the Amazon PPC troubleshooting group.
1: Okay, fantastic. Or they can tag your name in our group in every message. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that works too because <laughs> no. I follow your group. Absolutely. No,
1: I'm kidding, guys. Don't do that. Don't pull them over too much. <laughs> He'll lose his mind. But yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, people can check out your group and then you've got your software uh, coming out hopefully soon. What, what's the name of the, the second version? Is it the same?
0: It is the same. It's still called PPC Scope. Uh, the first version was primarily for just going through and, and identifying some of your best and worst performing keywords and help with some optimization, especially some of the stuff in the, in the basic account, but the more advanced features that we had planned on, um for uh, pro enterprise and agency levels of that software are what we're building on a brand new platform that can support that kind of scale and automation. And so we're building that on the new, on a new platform, completely new development team, the enterprise class. We're just dumping all kinds of time and money into that one. <laughs> so right. it's, uh you know, we're looking forward to that one as well, but that one is simply just going to be, it's going to be PPC scope two, not number two, but it's also going to be PPC scope, but we'll roll that version out um, next month.
1: Cool. Awesome. Can't wait, man. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you for uh, for joining me during the interview here. This was really, really good information, and um, maybe we can get you back on for a part two. Maybe we'll even do some uh, some more advanced stuff, because I know uh, there's a lot of people wanting that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, Manny. I enjoyed myself. Was, thank you.
1: Cool, cool. Well, thank you, and uh, guys, that's about it. So, thanks, Brian, and we'll talk thanks, to Manny. you
0: soon. Take All care. Right?